welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott, and I'm here to read you a bedtime story. So, I have a surprise for you. I was so lucky to be asked to do a crossover with the Creepy Podcast. In fact, as we speak, there is a brand new episode of Scare You to Sleep that has never been featured here on this feed before. It contains an original story by me called Powerless, a haunted house story that I'm very proud of. So if you want more Scare You to Sleep, go subscribe to the Creepy Podcast. It came out on Wednesday, and my show will continue to be featured every Wednesday on Creepy throughout August, each one containing a story you've never heard before. So remember, go check out the Creepy Podcast if you haven't already. That show is humongous, so thank you again to my friend John for offering this incredible opportunity. Now, this week's story is by Tiffany Haney, who you may remember from her incredible yoga-themed story, Serenity Now. Tiffany is a small business owner, intuitive medium, holistic healer, and yoga instructor. When she's not helping others grow in self-love and mindfulness, Tiffany enjoys listening to conspiracy podcasts and spending time with her husband and two boys. A self-proclaimed lover of all things woo-woo, same Tiffany, she maintains balance off her mat consuming horror podcasts, meditating with bees, and communicating with the trees. This week, Tiffany has quite the doozy for us. This is Pride in Tradition. Chris was counting the days until he graduated from high school. He couldn't wait to get out of this dump of a town to get as far away from his parents, chores, and all the responsibilities as possible. Whoa. Chris lived in a small town named Hens Pass that was barely identifiable on a map. All the houses were separated by tens of miles with no neighborhoods in the traditional sense anywhere near. You were on your own out here, and most of the locals preferred it that way. These were the kinds of people who took pride in sustainable living, self-preservation, and their ability to live off the grid. These were people who considered themselves prepared and ready for anything should shit hit the fan. Many had underground bunkers with stocked supplies to last them years, come the inevitable collapse of the government or zombie apocalypse. Most of the locals lived by their own set of laws, and... A defining attribute among them was their shoot-to-kill mentality. Should you be unlucky enough to veer off your hiking trail and stumble onto their property? It was all way too much work in Chris's opinion. When doing his chores around the farm, he spent most of his time in a fantasy world or daydream. One in which he was living a life of fun and excitement with less physical exertion. He didn't have any friends out here, and mostly kept to himself. The majority of kids who grew up in small towns ended up high school dropouts, drug addicts, or disappeared. And this small town was no exception. This area had a much higher than normal missing persons rate, especially when it came to young women. As unsettling as that was, 
Families around here never seemed too concerned when a local girl never made it home. Out here, they lived by a mind-your-own-business, unspoken community code, and people took solace in their massive gun collections while vowing to protect their own. Chris couldn't help but feel envious of those who did make it out of here. The ones that ran away and never looked back. Chris? Chris? You no-good piece of trash. Shit. Where the hell are you? His mother's voice was cold and seeped through him like the chill from a walk-in freezer. He rubbed his arms in response to the shivers that ping-ponged up and down his body. I am here, mother. Chris stepped into the dimly lit kitchen area, avoiding the piles of newspapers his mother obsessively collected that blocked his path. Why in God's name do you take so long in the morning? We have tons of work to do and my ankles are swollen again, my damn gout. Your daddy is out there tending to a new calf he got, so I need you to go out there and feed the pigs. Now, I don't want any lip, boy. Do it, and then get your ass to school. Yes, mother. Chris hung his head in obvious submission and started for the door. There was no way Chris would be following in the footsteps of his father and grandfather, farmers for generations. They taught the skills and passed on the land and animals in a line of succession. Ugh. Chris audibly groaned at the mere thought and kicked a small pebble in his path. He couldn't stand the stench of the animals, the chore in feeding them, and the daily guilt he felt at the mere sight of the conditions they were kept in. Chris thought back to when he was about five or six, and his dad said he could finally start to help out around the farm. He was excited at first, thinking he would get to spend more quality time with his mostly absent father. He reflected on how badly he wanted to impress him, or make him proud back then. A part of him still wanted that, he supposed. Still, once they started their training, his young mind began to question things he was shown, like why they had to cram so many animals into dark, dirty, tight spaces. He could tell they were miserable. He saw it in their eyes. Chris learned very quickly not to question long-held family traditions. After questioning how cold the barn was one particularly chilly morning. Animals are animals, son. His father had lectured. We are superior and we provide for them. We don't accept no pushback. They do that, they get punished. This conversation played in his head often, remembering his much-regretted follow-up question. Punish how? He shivered, thinking about the devious smile he saw spread across his father's typically emotionless face, and the three hour-long demonstration of proper discipline that ensued after. Chris shuddered again, proceeding to shake a bit harder in an attempt to slough off the images flashing through his brain. Chris walked past one of the barns, trying not to listen to the new calf his father recently procured wailing away. 
Chris's father had explained to him early on that new animals need to be broken. That was actually one of his first lessons in those early years while training under his father. And out of all lessons and rules for assisting in the farm, that fact did seem to ring true. The animals all seemed to cry and put up a fight at first, but eventually, they would always submit. Chris usually tended to the more seasoned animals when he helped out, as he hated listening to the cringy cries of protest from the newer ones. He found his father's methods to be unsettling, to say the least, and preferred a more tender approach when no one was looking. Going from roaming free to these tiny stalls and chains, he couldn't help but have compassion, as he too felt trapped. He heard a loud whipping and more yelling and shrieks, and hurried to the far barn to grab food. He opened the creaky door and was immediately accosted by the smell of rot. Why couldn't they at least feed the animals fresh food? He grabbed a feed bucket and tried to avert his eyes from the maggots at the top layer. Chris hurried out of the barn and headed towards the pig shed, mentally dismissing the noises normally only heard in horror movies that rang from the barn his father was in. That poor animal... His heart sank and he swallowed hard, attempting to shove down his guilt, shame, and disgust. Only two more months, he reminded himself. The corners of his mouth turned up slightly to a faint smirk. The thought of living a normal life and escaping the mundane farm routine was exhilarating. Chris felt a flutter of excitement in his chest as he pictured it. He had reached the door to the pig shed and took a deep breath to steady his composure before entering. Conditions seemed to get worse and worse the more pigs his father brought home. And the smell. Dear God, the smell. When Chris opened the door, he felt a rise of nausea at the disturbing sight of wall-to-wall animals chained together at their necks. He hurried to the far right corner, per usual, to start with his favorite, Polly. She was one of the first pigs his father had brought home, and was Chris's personal favorite, holding a very special place in his heart. His father had shown him how to break an animal first, with Holly crushing her spirit one forceful action after another. It was hard to watch. But after the third or fourth assertion of dominance, the protests ceased, and he experienced firsthand what it was like to watch a fighting spirit die. After that long lesson, his father explained that Chris, too, would one day be a master of the farm, and to do so, they would follow the same lesson plan his father had led him through. They incorporated weekly dominance tutorials to assert the chain of command and prepare Chris for eventual inheritance of the farm. Most of the time, there was very little opposition from the animal, and forcing domination became the normal. 
It was like a light had been snuffed out from within, leaving a vacancy in their eyes. While upsetting, yes, Chris understood not to rock the boat of timeless family tradition. Over the years, Holly was one of several animals who had delivered babies on the farm. He could tell that every time one of the animals gave birth and had their baby ripped away, each would sink deeper and deeper into their despair. Often, they were forced to listen as Chris's dad went on the other side of the barn to end the life of the baby animal, incoherently muttering about not enough resources to go around. Chris squeezed his eyes shut even harder when the sound of that rock echoed in his brain. Smash. Squish. Squeal. Silence. Just deafening despair and silence. Chris thought back to one night in particular when he was feeling especially isolated and alone. His father had caught him in the pig pen with Holly and completely lost his shit. But instead of physically hurting Chris, his father took it all out on subdued, shattered little Holly, forcing Chris to watch in utter despair. He squeezed his eyes as tight as he could, as if to wring out the far too vivid memory. That's the moment things took a very sharp turn for him, and he vowed to change the way things were done. Instead, he would honor the animals and treat them with respect and kindness. He just had to get rid of his father. Hey there, Ollie. He refocused his attention and gently stroked the top of her head, admiring the white blonde hairs and picking dead gnats out of it. Who's a good girl? You're such a good girl. She had the most unique coloring of the pigs, almost appearing strawberry blonde when the sun hit just right. Chris picked through the bucket of slop to find the least moldy piece of food, deciding on what must have been an apple at some point. Here, sweet girl, here you go. He put his palm flat and she proceeded to gobble at the food. She looked so skinny and malnourished. He knew they should be feeding them more than what they were, but again, he won't make the mistake of sneaking anything, especially extra food, to any of them ever again. Before he could go down Nightmare Lane, recalling the event, he moved on, shaking the wet, mealy, rotten food scraps into the long trough pigs immediately inhaled the meal, groaning in between bites and breaths. Slow down there, girls. You don't want to choke. He went down the row, patting the tops of their heads lovingly. Kara, Leslie, Kathy, Gina, and Penny. Penny was the youngest and most confusing purchase, considering that any time a baby animal was born on the farm, his father would terminate its little life. Chris was surprised when his dad brought home young Penny. He'd always rationalized the age of the cows and pigs being on the older side because it was assumingly much cheaper to target the unloved and 
pushed to the side. But then there was Penny. All of a sudden, there one day. He always felt in his gut that someone, somewhere, had pretty little Penny stolen right off their land and missed her dearly. How else would his father have gotten her? They definitely didn't have the money for young, new, fresh livestock. Chris shrugged at the thought, turned and proceeded to leave the shed, pretending not to hear the pig's cries. The cries in which he was certain were begging for his help. It was all too much. He knew he had to leave. He had to stay focused on the plan, focused on the timeline. He walked into the house to retrieve his school bag, crossing the kitchen where his mother remained in the same chair, feet propped up on a stack of newspapers, smoking and reading one of her romance novels. Your father says he wants you to help impregnate one of those newer cows he got. He's got an interested buyer and thinks you're ready. What? No, I, I, I don't really want to. Please, mother... I don't feel comfortable with the whole process and every... She sharply cut him off. Boy, don't give me any of your lip. We all contribute on the farm. Time you helped make some profit around here, you lazy little shit. So you have to assist in knocking up a cow. That's what she's there for. Now get to school. She didn't even look up from her book as she barked shrill orders. Yes, mother. Chris swallowed his protests, hung his head, and shuffled out the door. He decided right then and there that he was not going to school that day. This was the last straw. He was running away. Today. He would get a head start while his parents thought he was at school. There was no way he was willingly going to stick around for what was in store that evening. After closing the door behind him, he snuck around the property to grab a few sentimental items he couldn't bear leave behind. He then proceeded to book it towards town, but instead of heading towards school, he went straight to the bus station and purchased a one-way ticket far away from Hen's Pass. It had been five months since Chris left home, and it was the best decision he had ever made. Within a week of his fresh start, he secured an off-the-books job for a delivery service, and the owner even hooked him up with a studio apartment for cheap. It allowed him to meet tons of new women, and he had flexible working hours, making deliveries all hours of the night. Sure, he was in the undesirable part of town, and crime was a bit higher, plus his apartment was sub-level, mostly underground with little to no sunlight, but he didn't need much. This was more a home than he'd ever had growing up. He actually never had felt happier in his whole life. Ironically, he ended up missing certain aspects of farming and decided to embrace his family's lineage, but in his own kind way. He planted a small indoor garden with plants that flourish with little to no light, all they craved was Chris's love. Plants needed so much love. He had parceled off half the studio apartment and spread soil for his sweet beauties. He truly adored them and surprised himself that he had taken to gardening so naturally. 
It was comical in that he started to understand his father's passion, the pride in creation, the appreciation and art to each and every procurement. He had even rescued one of the beauties from a tossed-out, unloved situation. She was stunning, and her dark stock was thriving. He finished admiring his beauties, fully satiated in their company. This was the satisfaction he had longed for his entire life. He smiled with a satisfaction he hadn't felt back home on the farm, one that could only be felt by true pride. Chris sank into a beanbag chair he had found in the alley the day prior while disposing of some trash, clicked on the local news, and opened a soda with an oh-so-satisfying crisp hiss. Authorities are both stunned and saddened at the gruesome discovery made earlier today on a remote farm in Hens Pass. Chris stiffened up, freezing mid-sip to better listen in. Local residents Carl and Mary Stower were arrested this morning on charges of kidnapping, torture, murder, and rape. Police searched the family land after a hiker reported a strong smell of decay on the outskirts of the property. The main house was hoarded with newspapers containing reports of missing local women going back for decades. Families are finally able to put to rest missing loved ones as dozens of bodies have been recovered during the extensive excavation of the 30-acre property. Authorities were reportedly stunned when they entered one barn-like structure marked Pigpen, where four women and one young child were being held. Barely alive and currently being treated at local Weston Hospital, the women and child were apparently treated like farm animals, dirty, emaciated, and naked. They were tightly chained together at their necks. Brutal treatment, even for animals. Doctors were said to have been deeply disturbed at the condition they were in upon hospital arrival. Police have also said that the women and child were only fed rotten food scraps from decay-covered troughs that were riddled with maggots. Carl Stower is being charged with multiple counts of rape and murder, including the murder of babies born from some of his impregnated victims. Police say they have already uncovered 23 fetuses and expect to find many more as excavation continues through the week. This is truly a scene out of a horror movie. Discretion is advised as we show you footage of the women being rescued from the farm earlier today. Some were unable to walk after years of being chained to a single spot, literally having to be scraped from their own filth and waste that had glued parts of their bodies to the floorboards over time. Authorities have informed us that the women who are alive are indeed all missing persons dating back as far as 15 years. But the moment that took the hearts of locals and media who were crowded around the scene of this horrifying tale was the rescue of six-year-old Penny Walker, who was kidnapped right off her property over one year ago. Other rescued victims include 17-year-old Kara Clement, 19-year-old Leslie Adams, 22-year-old Kathy Hill, and 30-year-old Gina Velasquez. All women who had fallen off the radar and were rumored to be living on the streets with various addictions. It has since come out that Mary Stower would hunt these women for her husband, promising a warm meal and a place to stay. In another barn structure was recently reported missing 18-year-old Jennifer Wade, who had answered a newspaper ad for a farmhand and never returned home. Unfortunately, Jennifer had been killed just days before the sting operation, beaten to death, naked, and strung up by numerous ropes, hooks, and chains. 
police say there were indications that she was tortured and sexually assaulted for weeks on end. In another disturbing detail, we have received reports that Mary and Carl had a 17-year-old son who lived with them, and only a few months ago, he stopped showing up for school. This just weeks before his high school graduation. Authorities are exhuming dozens of bodies and expect their son to be one of them once they identify all of the victim's remains. Among them comes a truly sad ending to a missing young woman who disappeared after her shift at a local diner one night. 16-year-old Holly Jasper was an honor student who was very involved in the community and her school. Authorities believe she was killed just weeks ago, being completely scalped post-mortem. We will continue to report on this truly horrid massacre as details emerge in what is being nicknamed Hens Past Human Farm by the locals. Chris clicked off the television and rose to his feet, letting out an audible sigh of both relief and shock. On one hand, he was thrilled that his sick-as-fuck family was caught, finally ending the generations of horror. On the other hand, he'd have to be especially careful and stay off police radar. Best they think he was, in fact, dead. He walked over to his aesthetically pleasing garden, running his hand up the stalks as he went down. Brown, black, brown. And his favorite, little strawberry blonde. Hello, my sweet, sweet Holly. Aren't you glad I took you with me? He twirled pieces of her ponytail in his fingers, tucking a small side of her scalp back under the soil. Aren't you grateful that you don't have to be there for all of this? Just think how close you were to being paraded out there. So mortifying. I saved you just in time. You didn't see it at the time. But I was strong through your protests. You would have hated all that attention, my darling. He picked up his spray bottle and began spritzing the scalps. He loved how they glistened with just a touch of fresh dew. That's why I couldn't leave you behind, my sweet. You're so very welcome for my help. You always did say that you knew I was a sweet boy deep down, and you knew that I wanted to help. Now, here we are, together as I knew you would have wanted. He took in a deep, satisfying breath and grinned ear to ear. He was so proud of himself, proud that he was able to stop the generational patterns of abuse and proud to continue on the farming legacy in a new way, a kinder, more loving way. They loved him and he cherished them. The other plants came back willingly to his apartment or they made their intention to be known to him when he delivered late-night nachos and saw them all sad and alone in their homes. Once they were in his apartment, he always took time to break them in and get lots of quality time before adding them to his garden. Plants love that. They respond to touch and talk. Such sweethearts. Chris gazed in awe of his garden. Who would have thought he would end up such an artist? An artist in the big city! He couldn't wait to add to his beautiful masterpiece. Chris closed his eyes and placed both his hands over his heart. 
thanking the Lord for giving him the courage to escape that hellish land of horrors and find his life purpose and passion. Tonight felt like a great night to celebrate his accomplishments. He planned to hit some bars and maybe even meet someone. Perhaps one of the ladies he met tonight would like to come home and see his work. Someone with a lovely heart and... Hmm... Bright red hair. Yes, a red ponytail would be just perfect. With a rush of adrenaline, he grabbed his keys and headed for the door, feeling the charge of pure, artistic inspiration. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much once again to my author this week, Tiffany Haney. I always enjoy your stories, Tiffany. Thank you so much. And if you like the show, please follow me at Scary to Sleep on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, what else? Oh, Twitter. Oh, sorry. X. Whatever we're supposed to call it now. Um, and if you'd like a story featured on the show, if you'd like me to do my little little bits of uh, whatever you would call it, uh, spooky magic to it, then send it to scarytosleep at gmail.com. And welcome to my new listeners who have come over from Creepy. My show is a little simpler, a lot smaller, and I hope you like it over here. Uh, I will say I read every episode. This is more like me just reading you a bedtime story. And I am the entire production team, just me and of course my cat Clara, who, you know, sometimes helps by walking across my keyboard and teaching me things that I didn't know my computer could do. But yes, I am uh, the one and only over here, so if you have any questions, again, email scarytosleep at gmail.com. There's a contact form as well on my website, scarytosleep.com, and you'll be talking directly to me. (laughs) So uh, enjoy your stay. Enjoy your stay. Let's see. Oh, I wanted to say, if you'd like a little peek behind the editing curtain, I did want to address some editing I did this week. So if you don't like to know behind the scenes things, if you like it to be a mystery, then I'll see you next week. Goodbye. I love you. And if you do, so I did, I don't, I know you probably heard at the end where the farm animal noises turned into the screams of women. And I tried to maintain the air of mystery throughout the story because Tiffany waited until the end to give away this, you know, the big twist. They were not farm animals the entire time. So I didn't want to use uh, the sounds of women being in pain or danger for the first part. So I did use actual farm animals and I layered it with the screams and discomforts of women. And I don't know if you can tell which is which because I did some a little bit of uh, messing with the levels and things. So they sounded a little more disguised. But if you did pick up on them in the beginning, then you win a, I don't know, I usually give out gold stars for gore, so this isn't really gore. You win a, a sapphire star for for uh, hearing it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, also, if you're new to my show, I tend to do these things at the end that have turned into what we call rambles, 
where I kind of decompress, talk about the show a little bit, talk about my life and my week. Um, it, it's a little personal corner of the show. And if that's not for you, that is totally fine. And feel free to end the episode as soon as the story is over. And I will see you next week. This is just something that a lot of my listeners have come to enjoy. And maybe you will too. So this week I went, oh, this past week I attended Midsummer Scream. And I have so much to say about it. I don't want to take up a million hours of your time though. So I think I'm going to do a ramble you to sleep over on Patreon. So if you're subscribed to Patreon for $3 and up, I will go over and tell you all about Midsummer Scream and my time there and all the fun things I got to do and all of my embarrassing moments and all of that stuff. So go on over to Patreon. Uh, I'll have that out. I don't know, within the weekend, I believe. We'll see. I have a lot going on right now, as you can see with the creepy podcast, uh, having an original episode every week for them on top of my own episodes. So I'm, by the way, blown away. This has been such an exciting opportunity. I've already gotten such re some really cool feedback from some of Creepy's listeners. And John was sending me some screenshots from Patreon. And so if you're here from there, then thank you and welcome. And this week for baking, I didn't, I was, I was too tired to do any real baking, I thought, until the other two days ago, I was craving like a really good homemade bread recipe. I wasn't really craving sweets this week. And I found this, it's just a white bread recipe on uh, the internets on Google. <laughs> and it turned out so good. Oh my god. It's some of the best homemade bread I've ever made. It was fantastic. Again, if you ever hear me rave about a recipe on here and you'd like to try it, feel free to email me and I am happy to send it to you. Uh, this was a pretty basic bread recipe. I just subbed a lot of the water for milk to make kind of a milk bread, uh, but a lot of milk bread recipes, which is what I was kind of looking at first because they're so soft, use bread flour and I didn't have bread flour. And if you don't know, bread flour has like a higher amount of protein than like all purpose flour. So that's the difference. So I found a recipe that used all purpose flour and just subbed water for milk and it turned out fantastic. It was so good. Um, and basically this week has been recovering from the con. Again, I'll talk all about that on Patreon and working on two different shows essentially. Plus I have another show. I, I can kind of talk about it now because we talked about it at the convention. It's called Skin Crawl. I don't know if I've mentioned it on this show yet, but I am directing a show called Skin Crawl that is coming out from Bloody FM, the network I'm a part of, and it's all based on the art of the artist Skinner. If you don't know Skinner's work, go look him up on Instagram or Twitter. Go just Google uh, the artist Skinner. He does this really amazing, like psychedelic monster art that is so cool. He has these comic books out that have this little like um, amputated, like decaying hand as your guide through these anthologies of stories. And so I'm directing that, and it's and such a blast. I've gotten to direct some celebrities that I'm a huge fan of to do some of the voices. And wow, 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 wow. That'll be coming out soon in a couple months. We don't have a release date yet, but it will be coming out in a few months. And I will definitely let you know when that's out. I wrote a few of the stories on the show and I'm very, very proud of it. I'm just really, really excited for it to come out. So uh, I'm going to go. I think I've been talking for long enough. And I'm going to let you enjoy your weekend. Oh, and if, if you're still here and you are listening to this on the Friday it comes out, or maybe it is Saturday morning, 
there is going to be a, a live movie watch over on Discord. Some of your fellow listeners put together. I mentioned it a couple weeks back, but it is tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Discord. There's a link to the Discord. If you go to the link tree in the show notes, click on that. There is a link to the Discord if you want to join. And there's going to be a watch party, and it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be in the voice uh, the voice chat uh, channel. <laughs> I'm so I'm I'm so bad at Discord, you guys, but I've I've gotten some mods in there who are making sure it's all running smoothly, and it was all their idea. I have I had nothing to do with this. This was, which is so fun to see all of you just think of this on your own and put it together. But I will be by to say hello and chat in the chat during the movie. Um, so yeah, come come watch a movie with us. We're watching Evil Dead Rise. If you haven't seen it, or if you have, then, you know, stick ch- check on by. Oh, and I did see some con- discussion in the group chat between some of the people involved. And they are going to be considering some less um, gruesome horror movies. I know some of you, you know, gore and things like that are not your cup of tea, and that is totally fine. There is enough horror to go around for everyone. So I think that they are going to be put- putting together another movie night with a less... Um, gruesome, like gore, mo- gore-filled movie, something a little lighter, like uh, like a Coraline. Basically, I did see the, I did see Coraline being tossed around. I don't know if it will be Coraline, but like like a Coraline, you know, creepy, but not um, not not Evil Dead. <laughs> so, all right, I will talk to you all later, and hope to see you tomorrow in the voice chat and watching the movie. All right, I love you all. Oh, go please check out Creepy. Check out that episode. Let me know what you think of it because. Again, I was really proud of this story, and I'm really excited to be writing a new story every week for John. It's really kicking me into gear, and eventually I think those episodes will make it over here, but it won't be for, like, a long time. It won't be for a long time. I want them, we've had an agreement, they're going to live on his channel for quite a while, so if you want to hear them, don't wait for them to come over here, because it'll be a while. Go check them out, and tell John I said hi if you're in the comments. All right, I love you. Go get some sleep. Sweet dreams.